always fun to be first with the most boring subject. <laughs> we'll try to keep this really simple for the church here. I want to give a little financial update uh, on the church and its budget plans for 2021. But first of all, I'd like to express from the elders our gratitude for your continued support of the church and the work here at Oldham Lane through your giving. It is phenomenal what has taken place over the last year of 2020 with COVID, but the effort of each one of you to continue honoring God through your contributions, and we want to thank you for that. In talking about our budget, I want to give you some insight first about three pieces of information that is always available to you. In our bulletins, each week we have a published area in the bulletin that lists our contributions and cumulative contributions for the year. So that's one place weekly where you can keep up with the, the status of the church and its giving. Another thing that I'd make you aware of is down the hall in our library, in the church library, are two pieces of information that's always available to you as a member. One is a posted financial statement of Oldham Lane. It's a multi-page report, probably 15 pages, and it lists all the details of the activity here at Oldham Lane, available for you. This is your church, and it's your work, and we want you to be able to see it. So this is available for you to look at anytime. It's posted on the bulletin board. Also in the library on the bulletin board is this laminated sheet that lists the budget in detail by area. And you're more than welcome to go by and look at it and investigate any area. And any questions you have about any of these items, please ask one of the elders or see Tom Bailey who works in finance or Danette and they can direct you to one of the elders, and we can discuss any of these items with you at any time. We just want to make you aware of these three pieces of information, trying to keep you informed about the financial position of the church. What I would like to do next, next slide, is give us a little synopsis of the last year and the current year. As you can see from the top line, our annual budget for 2020 was $1,508,000. For 2021, the same number was uh, the budget for the current year of 2021, $1,508,000. Uh, we were concerned about adding any extra uh, work with everything that happened in 2020. So we went through the budget process with the deacons and uh, actually came out really close to this number, so we rolled it back up to the same budget we had the prior year. So there was no change in that number. From a weekly contribution perspective, it works out to $29,000 a week. And so that's the same, there's no change there. From the actual annual contributions for 2020, talking about the, the line in the financial statement that says contributions, this is not any specials or anything like that giving for a designated fund. This is just the regular contribution. It was $1,480,900, a little short of the budget expectation above. However, in looking at 2021, through the contribution through last Sunday, if we annualize it out, we're on track to have $1,566,875 collected this year if we keep on our track an increase of 5.8% year over year. The last item at the bottom is what the actual weekly contribution has, was in 2020, it was $28,479 a week. 
This year, we're actually working out about $30,132 a week. So that's what uh, you can see when you look through these reports. So the next slide I want to show you is a breakdown of the budget. I've summarized all the key areas into these, these uh, few, few items. But as you can see in the yellow, evangelism represents 30% of our budget. Media, 7%. This is the area that we do our online broadcasting, our live streaming, Chris's podcast, all of those advertising on TV, uh, work with uh, Ripple of Light to do um, online activities of, of evangelism. Education, this is money spent at 4% of our budget on uh, manning supplies for all of our classrooms and the materials we need and things of that nature. And missions remains at 10%. Um, I want to comment about missions at 10%, and Jack will have some further things to say about it in a little bit. It doesn't look like much of this budget, but in actuality, through all the years of building the building and paying for the building, we as an eldership made a, a conscious effort that we would not reduce the amount of money that we were putting into missions. So the percentage adjusts because of a note payment. And so we'll see that in the facilities. 37% of our budget goes towards facilities. Of that number that's in facilities, there's $298,000 or so that is our required payments on our note on an annual basis. So if you take that out, that's 19.8% of the budget. So if you take that number out, um, the admin and facilities area drops to a total of 36% of our overall budget. So you can see the majority of our money is used to spread the gospel uh, through work individually, through the media, through our education process, and through missions. So I want to give you that information. As far as our note payment on our building, um, I guess we've probably made our April payment. And if we have, that means we have eight years left on our note, which is really good, only 96 months. That would leave us with just a little over uh, $2 million, just under 2.1, somewhere between 2 million, 2.1 left on the note balance. So we're way ahead of schedule. And in fact, in our budget in the facility areas, we actually have budgeted for three extra payments this year than would be the normal 12. So we're looking at paying 15. So we've been blessed as a congregation to help relinquish that debt more rapidly than before. So just wanted to give you that quick update about the church finance and the budget. And be sure and investigate this information because it's your information. And it's all about the work of the church. And you can see that in detail. So go to the library and look sometime. Thank you so much, Clay. I have the privilege of talking about our missions. And as Clay showed on the chart, uh, we actually have we have 10% of the budget going to the mission field. But in actuality, when you look at uh, uh, all the budget items, uh, evangelism and media, it really turns out to be about 36%. So uh, we are commanded to seek and save the lost and edify the saints. And when you look at the edifying the saints, that's what we're doing now. And so when edifying the saints and seeking saving the lost, either you go yourself or you send someone. And we're doing a very good job of sending people either by doing it here in the United States or doing it overseas. Now, when you take all of that 
of our budget that we're looking at, we're supporting in the United States, we're supporting uh, the uh, Ripple of Light Ministries, which we do our podcasts and things. Uh, we're supporting the uh, TV programs, the YouTube and Facebook that we see. We have thousands of people that are looking at those areas. Then we have in our foreign ministries, we have our World Bible School. Now in 2020, the paper and pencil lessons that went out in World Bible School totaled over 1.2 million. You're going, wow, do people still use paper and pencil? Well, in a lot of places in the world, they don't have access to the internet. And so paper and pencil is still very, very important. And we have 18 people here in our congregation that are involved in World Bible School. Now, if you want to do some World Bible School lessons, you need to see myself or Edie Connell especially. Edie is very, uh, as they say, up to her eyeballs in World Bible School or myself. Please see us and we'll make sure that you get the information to start teaching World Bible School. Um, as far as the internet teaching World Bible School, I don't know how many millions of lessons. Uh, some countries don't have postal service. Sometimes, well, you think the United States may not. But anyway, <laughs> places like uh, Guatemala, they have abolished, they have just dissolved the, the postal service there. It got so poor, so corrupt, and so we have to send mail by mi the missionaries and, and services that go down there. And so uh, they don't have postal service at all. And so most everything either goes uh, by courier or goes uh, by the internet. Now, most of our, the bulk of our money that we do spend is in our foreign mission field. Now, we support Rusty and Brittany Brown in Ecuador, and I do, I'm proud to announce, they were not able to come last year and visit us, but the weekend of August 1st, uh, the Browns, uh, Lord willing, if everything goes correctly, uh, they should be here that weekend, and Rusty will be giving us a report in the PM service, and he'll be having a devotional and then have an invitation that evening. So we, we support them there in, uh, in Ecuador and in Cuenca, and they're doing a marvelous work, and they're growing, and uh, they have had a hard time with the, with the COVID in that, in that country. Uh, they're getting the uh, Russian and the Chinese vaccine, which is about 50% effective, so that's like a coin toss. So they're having a really, really rough time. So uh, in Ghana, uh, we have uh, Frank Essen, that's doing that uh, work there for us. He is on uh, uh, a year-to-year -year basis, and we analyze that from year to year. And if you look in your bulletin on the uh, stats page, you'll see the uh, Ghana mission. You have him listed there. I'm not quite sure how to say his African name. We, uh, we use the Anglican, Anglican, Anglicized name. And then you have Rusty and Brittany there uh, in the mission field there. Uh, so, but we also have many people in our congregation that do support individual missionaries or individual missions uh, overseas. Just a few of those that I do know, people are sending money and uh, support to Guatemala and Russia and Ukraine and South Africa. And of course, uh, there are many people that are sending all over the world that we don't know about. And the elders do appreciate so much uh, your sacrificial giving to all of these areas, and uh, we're, as they say, seeking, saving, and lost, and edifying the saints. Either you go or you send someone. Thank you very much.
I appreciate Clay and Jack keeping their presentations brief because I've been given the charge of recapping 2020. <laughs> I hope you don't have dinner plans. No, we'll make this short. I'm not going to. I'm not going to stand here and just talk about all the horrors of COVID and all that stuff. We've all lived through it. I doubt very seriously I have any information about COVID that uh, you, you're not familiar with. We know it was a, a crippling thing for our society. We know it was a very difficult thing for the church and for the church to pull through. But I'll tell you, I'm not here to talk about gloom and doom. I'm here to talk about how awesome this church congregation has been and how this church congregation and church throughout the world has continued to persevere and not only persevere, but to continue to grow. You know, I think it's astounding when you look at how many businesses in our community alone, right here in Abilene, shut down, and how many went out of business, some of them never to return. Losses of revenue, people losing their livelihoods throughout the country, throughout the world, and in the midst of all of these difficult things that we've been faced with, our contribution continues to be solid. Our attendance, our membership has grown here at Oldham Lane in spite of all of the COVID. And folks, I'm gonna tell you, that doesn't happen by accident. That happens through a lot of work, a lot of work through our, through our ministry staff and support staff and Bible class teachers, you out there as members of the congregation, letting God's light shine through you and the way you conduct yourself and keeping hope alive. And God continues to provide the increase. You know a question I get a lot when people find out that I'm, I'm worship at Oldham Lane. They say, well, just, how big do y'all want to be at Oldham Lane? I'm like, well, you know, we don't plan on putting up a door saying, I'm sorry, we're full. I mean, putting up a note saying we're full. Uh, I guess the population around, of Abilene is around 120,000, so I'm shooting for 120,000, you know. We want everybody. We want everybody to be able to come, to come to church. We want everybody to have those opportunities. Does growth prevent challenges? Absolutely. But you know, what, you know one thing that all, church, all churches and all communities have in common that don't grow? They all die. You're either growing or it's a death sentence. And so we want to continue to grow. We want to continue to prosper. We want to continue seeing the Lord's work done. And that's what we're seeing here at Oldham Lane. You know, when I look back over 2020, I think about, you know, every year, especially when you have a congregation this size, every year you're going to have loss, just like we did this last year. We had the loss of family members, the loss of church family. We had the loss of friends. We had, and that we expect that every year. We don't always expect it within our own personal family. We know that, but eventually that we know that's going to come. I know probably everybody in here is familiar with the poem. I'm not going to read it to you. The poem is called The Dash. We've, we've heard that read a lot. It's, it's become a very popular uh, poem to be read at funerals. You know, when you look at that tombstone and you have the birth date and then you have the dash, and then you have the, the, the death, the date of death. Everybody in the dash represents life. And that's where we all are right now in this congregation. We're all on the dash. We're living and we're living for God. And as I was thinking about this, I kept thinking, you know, we've had so many great Christians 
that have gone on to their reward for this uh, in the Latin, during COVID, during 2020. And I thought, you know, just a couple of years ago, I lost my mother and, and I, I miss her every day. But if I was given the opportunity to bring her back, would I do so? Selfishly, everything about me would want to do that. But is that what she would want? Would she want me to bring her back? I was thinking about Fred Dominguez and all the years that he spent as a minister, a full-time minister in the pulpit. I just thought about how, many, how, many, how much time he spent in study, how much time he spent in Bible classes and preaching in the pulpit and in individual Bible studies and, and probably how many casseroles he must have consumed in his lifetime as a minister. You know, when I think about all of those things, why was he doing those things? Why do we do those things? Because we love God. And we know, like that poem, eventually that dash is going to end for us here on earth, but that doesn't, we don't, our life never ends. How many times have you heard Chris McCurley talk about people make the statement, well, they lost the battle of cancer? No. If you're in, God, if you're, if you're in Christ Jesus, we don't lose the battle. It's, that's what we're living for, is for that time. We know that time is coming where we're, our dash is going to end. But that's what we want. And when we look at these great Christians, when we look at Mary Childress, who just recently passed away, and you look at the life that her and Bob had together and how dedicated they were, that's not a time of sadness. It's sad for us because we're, we're selfish. We don't want to give them up. We miss them. But what a, great, what a great legacy that they have left that's being carried on through their family. And that's what, I want to, that's what I want to just think about as we think about 2020. Let's put COVID out of our minds. Let's think about the, and, and all the negativity with it. The devil thought that he had won when Christ died on that cross. Why was he wrong? You don't think he was cheering when he saw all the church services closing down? And not having services? You think he's still cheering today when he looks at the numbers and see that Oldham Lane is now putting up record attendance numbers? Two weeks ago, we were at 791 in our 2 a.m. services. 791. When I came here in 2007, we were about 425 and 450. And so we continue to grow because God is providing the growth through the efforts of the, the work ethic of the members of this congregation. You know, a lot of times we don't appreciate what we have until we lose it. And so when I think about, when I think about how everything was shut down for so long, you know, we weren't having in-person worship or in-person Bible classes. There was no on-campus learning for school. There were no dining restaurants. The loss of heat and water in the winter storm no oxygen that didn't come through a mask. You know, when I think about all of those things and how difficult some of those challenges were for so many, and yet we persevered. And we now, I think we have a better appreciation for these things. How many times have you heard, I mean, you, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you just get up out of bed and you start your routine, are you thinking about your legs and the ability to walk? We don't think about those things, do we? It just comes natural. Coming to worship have become routine. It's just what we do. It's what we do. But now we've been given an opportunity to stop and reflect. And because of COVID, 
I've heard so many stories, a lot of them coming from Chris, but also a lot of them from other members and other people in the community, because when these people were forced to stay home and couldn't go, couldn't go anywhere, there are a lot of people that found worship services that probably may have never found worship services, may have never seen or heard the truth had they not been forced to stay inside. And so there have been so many positive benefits to come from something that was built to be so tragic and was so difficult for so many of us. But folks, the, cla the glass is all, is, it's not half empty. The, cla the glass is full, the full of hope. Y'all have that photo y'all can put up for me right quick back there, guys? Thank you very much. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, we were in Oklahoma uh, visiting our kids, and on the way back, Debbie started laughing. And she was just, you know, just kind of an enthusiastic laugh. She said, oh, Tim, I want you to look at this. This was a, the Lamb's class this morning. What a great problem to have. Okay, so when people ask me, how big do you want Oldham Lane to be? Well, if there's a number, I say, well, this, this half can't come anymore. No, we want to grow. We want to continue to see kids filling the Bible classes. Folks, this is post-COVID. You know, when so many places are shutting down, never to reopen again, this is what's happening here at Oldham Lane. I think that picture says more than a thousand words. I want to, I want to, I know I'm, I'm going over my time, so I got to cut this short, but I, I want to also talk about a minister who's here just for a few minutes. You know, when we're look, we had a mission in the eldership. We want to spend, where is our mission field? Where's our next mission field going to be? That was something that we've been contemplating for a couple of years. And we came to the conclusion that our college, uni our universities here in town, what a great mission field. We have kids that are coming from all over the globe to Abilene, attending these universities. We thought, what a great opportunity to have a college minister to represent the church and represent this congregation on all of these different college campuses. And I've, and I've had this question asked, well, wasn't it kind of a strange time to start a college ministry when it's hard to get to the colleges and universities and everything being on shutdown? I don't think there was a better time. Have y'all seen what has happened with the suicide rate, with the rate of depression, things of that nature with our youth in the last year? because their whole lives have been shut down. When you, when you, I've, I've, had, I've had so many students return to campus and tell me about how tough their first year in college has been because it was nothing like they'd always hoped. Why do kids look forward to going off to school? They want to be a part of the social clubs. They want to, be a, they want to go to the athletic events. They want to be part of intramurals. They want, to, they want the college youth experience. They want to have the college experience, and that was, has been denied them. And so when, when would be a greater time to plug in a college minister to, to let people, let these kids know, hey, we're here for you. And we have things here that we can do. And so David Lopez and his wife Kia, have been, we have been blessed with them as new minister, as David takes on the, took on the new ministry role as the college minister. And the two beautiful twin boys, Kagan and Keegan. We, uh, with Blake, Blake Dozier, Blake blessed this youth group for so many years as the youth minister. He and Brianna worked so hard and brought this program such, so far in the time that Blake was in charge of the youth ministry program. 
as it came time for Blake to pursue other interests. Look right here with our own congregation, Luke Burnham and his wife Carolyn, and how they have stepped into that role. And Luke has been burning the candle on both ends here now for a few weeks, trying to finish it up and do a good job and leave everything in a great place in Clyde where he's, where he's working now. And at the same time, coming here every opportunity to make sure these kids don't miss a beat. We're so thankful and appreciative for their efforts. For Jake Sledge and his wife Joyce and their family, the years of dedication they put in here at Oldham Lane. Jake, you know, sometimes, you know, it's by nature, we're selfish at times. We don't want, we have a good minister, we don't want to lose them. But you know, I heard Chris say this a few minutes ago, he said, you know, Jake, we're not losing Jake. Jake is getting an opportunity to, full, full, uh, to stand in the pulpit every week. You know, we have to remember, we're not in competition with other church congregations of the Lord's church. We're not in competition. We support each other. Jake is not leaving the ministry. Jake is not leaving the church. Jake and Joyce are taking another opportunity where they think they can have more of an impact. And so we applaud that. It's not every, you know, it's an opportunity for him to go back to his hometown of Bullard where he was raised and be the full-time minister for his home congregation. What a great opportunity that is for that family. We're very excited for him. For Chris McCurley, you know, I mean, Chris is one of the most visible people you'll, you'll ever find. You know, he, you can't get away from Chris. Even if you try, he's always there. He's watching over you on Facebook or on Instagram or he's at Mad Coffee or he's here, he's here in the pulpit. He, he's traveling all over the, over the countryside uh, speaking engagements and, and working with the uh, 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 our preaching, uh, preaching candidates as they come to our preaching school. There's so much that's going on here at Oldham Lane. And it's what a great place to be and what a special time to be a, a part of this congregation. I didn't, miss, I didn't miss a minister, did I? Did I get everybody? Who? Oh, Stephanie, thank you. Stephanie Harper, that's right. Stephanie Harper working with the, with the children's education and working in the children's education. You look at the curriculum that's put together, the organization that goes on, that goes on behind the scenes. You know, when all, when all of these people come together on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights to teach the Bible classes and they have all of these things pre prepared for them and the curriculum is lined up, folks, that doesn't happen by accident. That's something that takes a lot of work. So when you see these people, tell them thank you. It is a great time to be a, a citizen of Abilene, Texas, and it's a great time to be a member of Oldham Lane Church of Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. It's always great to follow Tim because you know there's going to be an energy of excitement in this pulpit. I want to welcome all of our visitors for being here tonight. It's so good to see everyone. It's good to be here. You know, the last couple of weeks we've, we've had over 300 people here on Wednesday night. Just the chance we get to fellowship and be together. And it was so good this morning to see quite a few members that this was their first morning back to be with us in person. Uh, so good to see those people. And it was so good to know that we're included in the circle that God's provided. Well, I worked on my part of our presentation, the 20 
21 vision for the church for about two hours when I remembered this newspaper article from August the 17th, 1966. And for the young people out there, I just wanted to show you this. This is really what a newspaper looked like <laughs> in 1996. See how wide it is? See all the words? And But this is, a, this is the article that described the Oldham Lane Church of Christ beginning. And I think many times we just assume that everyone here knows the story. But I, I just want to briefly just recap. In 1961, the University Church of Christ uh, planted Oldham, uh, I'm sorry, the Baker Heights Church of Christ on the west side of town. And then in 1994, the, the elders and the men at Baker Heights decided that uh, their attendance had grown and grown and grown and they were pretty landlocked, so they decided to look at the city of Abilene that decided on this side of town that there was potential for growth, and they came over here and bought some acreage. And these are the, these are the men that came as elders and preachers, R.J. Poe, Tim Appleton, Bob Childers, and Jimmy Jividen. So I, I want us to always remember where we came from and our past. You know, it seems when the word vision is brought up, you think of growth in facilities, programs, committees, and different types of work that come to mind on building bigger and better, creating new and exciting. You know, I believe that it's important to build facilities, plan events, have special days, and find ways to encourage our neighbors the community and the congregation for growth. But I think we must keep the true vision first. And I've been, I've been searching for the right words to present to you tonight, words that would reflect on the past and where we had come from and from words that would encourage and inspire you, words that would describe our vision, words that would give us direction after a difficult year. And there they were. Our vision is right there. For 25 years, this August, we will, we will celebrate 25 years of being in this facility. Sowing and reaping. That truly is the vision. And basically, I started thinking, it's the same two words that we use to describe our vision today that you see on the screen all the time when there's not information up there. To make and grow disciples. Basically the same two words that it's been our vision for 25 years. The same two words that Jesus shared with the disciples on a mountaintop. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples, sow the seed of all nations, baptizing them, reap the harvest in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, I believe those two words and the words that we use, make and grow, they're simple. They are simple words. I don't think that God 
uh, made this difficult or hard to understand. Sowing and reaping, making and growing. The vision has never changed. And in spite of mankind, the vision will never change. It will always be about people sowing and reaping, making and growing. In Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Sow and reap, make and grow. The same vision from the day the church was established. You know, we talk about being disciples, and while I was sitting there, I, I, something came to my mind that I think it's something we all ought to take into consideration. I think we need to think like disciples. We need to think like disciples. And by doing that, I believe that we will be prepared to sow and reap and to make and grow. And I'm glad if you're visiting with us here tonight. I want you to know who we are here at Oldham Lane. We are people that are striving to sow and to reap, to make and to grow. It's not about grand building. It's just not about bigger and more attendance and bigger and better contribution. It's very simple. Sowing and reaping, making and growing. You know, it's been an unusual and difficult year. We've had, we have experienced something that no one else has ever experienced. We've had to change the way we go about everyday life. We've had to change the way we worship. Many have felt alone or cut off from friends and from family. We have experienced shortages of things that we took for granted. We have suffered from COVID, or our family has, and we have lost loved ones to COVID. As we come to this time, we see that some things are going back to the way they were or close to it, but some things will be forever changed. As more people get the vaccine, we have fewer people getting sick and therefore a letting up of the restrictions that we have lived with. We are now getting back together as the church. We are now meeting at the building together for Bible class, for AM worship services and PM worship services and Wednesday Bible class and devotional. There are a lot of things that are in the planning stages now. We've got preacher training camp, We've got shine, we have youth activities, activities for solo servants, the men's coffee and the ladies' coffee. And as Jack mentioned, Rusty Brown and his family are planning on being here in August from Ecuador. 
So now is the time for us to focus on the body of Christ that meets here at this place. We need to look around us and think about who it is that we do not see. Who are we missing? We need to reach out to those people that we are missing and make sure that they're okay and encourage them to come and be with us again. There are some that can't because of various reasons and that's okay. But we need to find those who are not here because they are not back in the routine of gathering together again. Paul often likens the church to the physical body. In Romans 12, verse 5, So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individual members one of another. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each exercise them accordingly. And in Ephesians 4, 16, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The physical body cares for its members. If one part of the body is hurting, another part compensates for it. And we should likewise care for the spiritual body. If someone does not do their part, then another has to pick up the slack. We have to work together to carry out the work of the Lord at this place. And there are several things that go into that, and one of them is we have to have compassion for one another. In Colossians 3 and verse 12, And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. We need to encourage one another. In Colossians 4 and verse 8, For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. In 1 Thessalonians 5.14, we urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all men. So what does that mean? It means we need to be a good example. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So our job is to look out for each other and to do our best to be a reflection of our Heavenly Father. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, Jesus went to the cross and died for us, even while we were in our sin because he came to seek and save the lost. 
We need to have that kind of love for each other and the lost who are all around us. Matthew 9, 37, he says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. We are those who are called out to carry out the Lord's work. We need to consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. We need to care for each other. If we're missing someone, let's reach out to them this week. Let's give them a call, send them a text, drop them an email, or even send a card in the mail. Let's let, let's let them know that we're concerned about them and encourage them to come back and be part of the whole. You know, we've heard all the st statistics that were given earlier, and we do have a lot of people showing up now. But if you think about it, like I have the last few weeks, you know there are a lot of people that are still not back. Some of them have a, a legitimate reason. Some of them can't because of health or other issues. But there are some that got out of the habit of gathering together. And I think by being a concerned member of the body, we need to reach out and be that encourager that God wants us to be so that the body here at this place can be even stronger than we might imagine. This evening, if you're in need of prayers, if you're in need of encouragement, if you're in need of someone to sit down and study the Bible with, there are a lot of folks here that can sit down and take care of those things. If there's any way that we can be of help to you, come as we stand and sing. <laughs>